Peace Corps gives us a chance to show a side of our country which is too often submerged. Our desire to live in peace, our desire to be of help. There can be no greater service to our country and no source of pride more real than to be a member of the Peace Corps of the United States. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the My Peace Corps Story podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Lloyd, and I'm here to help tell the stories of current and returned Peace Corps volunteers. If you like what you hear today, be sure to let me know over at MyPeaceCorpsStory.com and connect with me on Instagram at MyPeaceCorpsStory or on Facebook by searching for My Peace Corps Story. Additionally, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review for the show. Five-star reviews are extremely appreciated, but more than anything, I want to know what you think so I can better serve my audience. On today's show, I speak with Christine Blackburn, who served in the Kingdom of Tonga from 1996 to 1997. This episode is one of the more difficult episodes that I've done for several reasons. First, Christine is a podcaster herself. She has a podcast called Storyworthy, which you may have heard of because it is a very highly regarded podcast on iTunes. Secondly, I struggled with how I handled myself and posed questions during this interview because Christina has actually put out three episodes about her Peace Corps service on her show, which I listened to, and honestly, I, I did not like them. I did not like them at all. I'm going to share some clips, and then I'm going to actually have the episodes linked in the show notes so you can listen to them as well, and I'd, I'd love to hear what you think. You know, I think a lot of this comes from the fact that she didn't get to complete her service, so she sees Peace Corps and her time there very differently than I saw my service. I'll let you guys be the judge. Here is the show. This is this is this is this is my my Peace Corps Peace Corps my Peace Corps my Peace Corps story story story. Hi, this is Christine Blackburn, and this is my Peace Corps story. Christine, how are you doing today? I'm great. It's uh, very warm in Southern California, but I've got the air on and doing well. Oh, great. Now, for those who may not know, um, I'm today. I'm talking with Christine Blackburn, and I'm I'm a little nervous about this interview because I I'm interviewing someone who is a master storyteller who has been doing podcasting uh, longer than I actually knew what podcasts were, and has just been doing amazing, amazing work for many, many years. So I'm I'm a little fledgling. It's like I'm at a, a school play and Martin Scorsese is in the front, you know, front row and it's it's a little intimidating. So hopefully you will bear with me as uh, as we work through this. You're so funny. I'm excited that you're doing this. It's really a great show. Way to go, Tyler. Really. Well, it's well, great. Well, thank you. So I'm, I'll just read off a little bit of your uh, bio from, uh, from your website, from uh, the storyworthypodcast.com. On it, it says, as a producer, writer, and skilled interviewer, Christine Blackburn and her production company, Storyworthy Media, have produced over 450 episodes of her weekly show, Storyworthy, and dozens of live performances of her game show, Shotgun Storyworthy. She is an author of the book, Pit to Lax, My Storyworthy Life, and she hosted Ready for the Weekend Movies on USA Network. She is a regular contributor to HuffPost and is a three-time Moth Story Slam winner, which that is just e- extremely impressive. I'm excited to have you on the show to talk about some stories that you've released on uh, your podcast, Story Worthy, and then dig a little bit deeper into those. 
You bet. Hey, just so you know, the name of the book is Pit to LAX, and those are basically uh, city codes to airports because I used to be a flight attendant, and so that's what it's okay. referring to. Well, thank you, thank you for the, the clarification there. <laughs> well, just to start off, is there anything else you want to add? Uh, for, I guess, you know, first tell people where you served in the Peace Corps and if there's any other holes in your, in your bio that you would like to fill in. Uh, let everybody know. Well, you know, I served in the Kingdom of Tonga in 1996, and my service was abruptly ended in early 1997. So my story is probably going to be a little different than the stories that you normally hear on the show but nonetheless, you know, I was a Peace Corps volunteer. I did go through the, the process of uh, training and uh, the process of applying, which in and of itself was a huge situation. And um, although I was ultimately, you know, medevaced out of there and, um, and diagnosed with a pretty serious disease, I, uh, my story is just a little different. So I'm just kind of setting people up, you know, that, mm-hmm. that's all. No, yeah. Definitely a very different story that I'm excited to explore with you today. And in, in doing so, I've actually taken clips from the three episodes that you released, and I'm going to share those and intersperse those without throughout the show so people can hear what you originally said on your show, and then we can dig a little deeper into that. That's great, Tyler. Thanks. To start off, I will um, set up uh, what you said about, you know, going to the Peace Corps and uh, that process and what led you there. Imagine four cassette tapes for your Walkman that hold eight albums, and this is the only music you're going to hear for two months on a remote island in the South Pacific. Choose your sounds carefully. And in 1997, I went with Counting Crows, Recovering the Satellites, and August and Everything After, Nancy Griffith, Blue Roses from the Moons, and Flyer, Neil Young, Live Rust, and After the Gold Rush, Cracker, Kerosene Hat, and Sarah McLaughlin's Fumbling Towards Ecstasy. That ought to hold me, I thought. I'm still not exactly sure why I chose to drastically change my life at the age of 30 and join the Peace Corps, but it had something to do with my recent divorce and wanting to get out of town, out of the country, and what better way to completely turn your life upside down but to join the Peace Corps. After a year-long application process, in which I became certified to teach English as a second language, I was finally accepted by the Peace Corps and was given a choice of four countries in which to do my 27 months of service. Turkmenistan, Kazakhstan, Dominica, and Sri Lanka. The stands were out immediately because of the weather. I was living in Pittsburgh at the time, and more cold gray days were not what I needed. Dominica did not appeal to me because of the proximity to Miami. I mean, if I can get to the U.S. in two hours, am I really in the Peace Corps? I chose Sri Lanka. To prepare myself, I pick up a Lonely Planet's Guide to Sri Lanka and a Sinhalese language book. I give notice to vacate my apartment, sell my car, and resign from my job as a flight attendant. Then, one month before I'm going to leave for Sri Lanka, I get a call on my answering machine. Yes, that's how long ago it was. We had answering machines. Hey, Christine, this is Sandra from the Peace Corps office in New York. We've had to cancel your Peace Corps training class due to the recent conflict between the Tamil Tigers and the Hindu people in Sri Lanka. We'll call you in the spring and get you placed in another country. Click. What? I dialed back as fast as my fingers could hit three buttons, star 69. I plead with Sandra. I resigned from my job. I sold my car. I gave my apartment notice. I have to go somewhere. I can't wait until the spring, Sandra. I have to go now or I'm not leaving. 
As luck would have it, Sandra did have another country that needed volunteers immediately, Tonga. Tonga? I said. That's cool. I've never been to Africa. She replies, You're thinking of Togo. I'm talking about Tonga, the kingdom of Tonga. It's in the South Pacific. The South Pacific, I think? Now we're talking. I ditched the Sri Lanka guidebooks, and a few weeks later, I'm on my way to a tiny cluster of islands just south of Fiji, Tonga. That is how you lead into your story. Uh, One of the things that I really liked there was how you uh, didn't know that Tonga uh, was an island nation. You thought it was Togo in Africa, and I can definitely say that when I was uh, assigned to go to Burkina Faso, I had never heard of the country. I didn't even know it existed. What what were you thinking about when, when you were going into Peace Corps? What were you expecting? What was your, I guess, hope to do within the Peace Corps and gain from, from the experience when you were initially applying and then you had been assigned to, to Tonga? You know, it was a really, it was a challenge for me. I was up for a challenge and I really always related to people of different cultures. I felt like I honestly could be a good representative of America as well. Like I thought I have all good in my heart. I know I can, I know I have something to give here. And I really, I wanted to feel what it was like to be in a group of people, you know, like the trainees to be in that group and then be told what to do almost in a military sense. Like I just really wanted that, that kind of camaraderie and I wanted to give. I'd been a flight attendant for seven years, and it was just uh, um, not fulfilling. So it was just time to do something more, you know, to feel to feel good about myself and feel good about what I'm even here for. Mm-hmm. And Peace Corps is uh, definitely a challenge, and uh, you were met with a lot of them uh, starting off. Uh, Next, I, I want to play a clip that we, we talked a little bit about before we, we actually started the recording. This is the, uh, the intro clip um, to, to the show and sort of sets up one of these, I guess, key scenes in your, your first, uh, I guess, day, night, all the stuff that sort of happens when you first arrive to country. So I'm going to uh, play that now. Hey, it's Christine from Storyworthy. Can you imagine living on a remote island in the South Pacific? There were no roads, no cars, no telephones, no electricity, and no running water. Sure, it looks like an island paradise, but what about the bathroom situation? Oh my God, cockroaches, hundreds of them, thousands of them. They're everywhere, above me, below me, and crawling all over my hands and feet. They just appeared out of nowhere. The latrine vibrates with the activity of thousands of scattering cockroaches. And before I know it, they are flying. That's right, they fly. Today on Storyworthy, I tell the story about that time I joined the Peace Corps. The pig grabs my toothbrush, turns around, and runs off into the night. Oh, I get it. I'm far from home. Stay tuned for another one of my closet confessionals. That time I joined the Peace Corps. Stay close. And that that's how you start this, uh, what you call a closet confessional. And I we so we talked about the... Well, that would just be a teaser. Yeah, yeah. That was just, just the teaser to, you know, lead in to the story. And... 
we 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 talked about this and right off the bat when I when I heard that it it kind of rubbed me the wrong way uh and then it, that I guess that feeling sort of perpetuated throughout when I was uh listening to your story that there definitely was I felt initially a lot of focus on on the the negative and I think if other Peace Corps volunteers listened to it. There might be other people that felt this the same way I did, with you know the focus on yes the the insects and the sort of living conditions and you know having to you know go to the bathroom outside and the shower and different things. But for me, when I listen to that, you know, it's like well, I mean, that's just that's just sort of how it is, and it's also these that that's the way that these people live. And I had this sort of difficulty of, well, yes, I mean, this is your story and you did feel this way, but then sort of reconciling that, you know, well, the people of Tonga <clears throat> like live, live no other way and it's part of their culture. And that we had a, we, we talked before we, you know, formally started this interview and you talked about, well, that it was the intent, which I, I, I did get at times, was you being, you know, self-deprecating and you realizing that you you were having these issues and sort of almost making fun of yourself um, because of all of these problems. Yeah, it's just simply fish out of water. Yeah. And then what, what other instances were, were, were like that? You know, I guess difficulties or little, little stories or stuff that happened um, within your service that wasn't captured on the episodes that you did for your podcast. Yeah, I mean, the, epi- the, the three episodes I talked about in that particular episode that you're t- talking about when I had on the island and the fish out of water experience and uh, just the craziness of the entire night. Just all of it was just wacky. Um, but, you know, you, I just picked that one small moment. There's a, many moments. For instance, a moment when I cooked Thanksgiving dinner for my family. But, of course, I didn't have anything to draw from because there's no, there were no stores or anything. But my sister had sent me a care package of spaghetti. So I made, with, with my other volunteer friend, we made a pack of spaghetti and there was sauce, and we made the sauce, and we had this, you know, over an open fire pit with little pigs running around our feet, baby piglets that had just been born. And I remember that day so well. And then, and then when it was time to uh, actually have the meal, you know, they don't have any cutlery in Tonga, or not not a lot of cutlery. So you know, we're sitting on on the floor on a mat the way you do in Tonga, and eating spaghetti with our our hands, you know, I mean, it's just an amazing, it was just a, a wonderful day. And then my sister had sent me a bag of chocolate chips and we melted them down and we had that for dessert. We cut them, we melted them, you know, you know over this fire and then we melt and then we, you know, pressed it down. I think it was just onto a, like a little, a, a little plate. And so they all, we all had fudge and that was a beautiful time. So there's, Tons of moments that I had, but I mean, I just focused on the ones that were, I'm, you know, that completely come right back to me. Unfortunately, I don't have the experience of being there for 27 months or even six months to draw from. I only have nine weeks, and so um, mm-hmm. 
<laughs> the initial couple of days were really amazing, just just wild. But you know, just you know, I went back after mm -hmm. you know I was medevaced out and I had to you know leave. And after I went through all my treatments that I had to go through and my illness, I went back to Tonga about. 10 months later, after I after I was medevaced out, or maybe it was one full year later, I went back on my own dime and saw all my friends and took all this candy. And and I went back to my village and I saw the people and, uh, you know, it was uh, incredible. It was incredible. I had my picture up on the wall next to the king. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, it was just amazing. Well, I definitely thank you for sharing those two two little stories there that weren't in included in your podcast and i think to me that that highlights the fact that, you know that when 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 someone tells a story it's this sort of microcosm of their life and it's this one one little <laughs> instance and i think a lot of times we focus on the stuff that is in you know that's it's story worthy just you know as your podcast it's worth telling a good story about and your your story with Thanksgiving, while it is, you know, it's warm and it's heartfelt, it it doesn't make the best like long form story because it's sort of this one note thing. So you focused on something that was was more complete and rounded out. But it's it's nice to also hear these other aspects of your story um, of of you of you going back and yeah, I hear what you're saying. Two things. But, you know, like two things, I'm not doing a travel log, you know, that that has never been my, my intent to educate people about, you know, the, the culture of Tonga. I mean, I, I, I try and I, I can give my my thoughts on it, but you know, it, it would be depends on the crowd. Right. For instance, I submitted a video for the Peace Corps um, there in Washington, D.C. They held it last. Mm -hmm. It was a, a storytelling thing that they had with Peace Corps volunteers. And I submitted a story about fishing with my homestay and my little brother uh, and, and fishing with him and him teaching me to fish and, and how funny that was. And it was extremely heartfelt and super sweet, but I didn't get selected. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you just, it, it, it just depends. You know, there's a lot of, lot of stories out there. They're all different. And then I guess next that, that sets up well uh, a story that you end up telling uh, that, is with um the can the can of raid and that that whole scenario which I absolutely loved. I mean, as you were telling it, I could just see this happening and just like I guarantee you that there's thousands of volunteers that have done this exact same thing. So I really related to it. So I'm going to play that for everybody real quick. The next day, I write a letter to the Peace Corps director on the main island requesting a toothbrush and a can of roach spray. Three weeks later, the package arrives on the mailboat. It contains a brand new toothbrush and a can of Raid. Now, the toothbrush has hard bristles, but after not brushing my teeth for three weeks, it's a godsend. The Raid is a blessing, too, because I've been shitting on the ground outside the latrine for a month. My plan is to brush my teeth and then kill the cockroaches. Now, I don't want to insult my homestay family by cleaning the bathroom with roach spray, so I decide to wait for a time when no one is around, which in Tonga means Sundays, because on Sundays, everything in Tonga stops so that the people can spend their day at church, eat a huge feast, and sleep. The airport on the main island is closed, all the stores are closed, and it's illegal to drive a car, and even riding a bicycle is frowned upon. 
Sunday is truly a day of eating and sleeping in the kingdom of Tonga. Sunday will be the perfect time for my raid on the latrine. It's one o'clock in the afternoon, and sure enough, the entire village is asleep. In the light of day, I'm not nearly as afraid of the latrine. I approach the little structure with a raid can held high. I open the palm frond, step inside, and furiously spray the entire contents of the can down the hole, and then I quickly toss the can in the hole to get rid of the evidence. At first I hear nothing, and I'm thinking, these roaches are fucking with me. But what can I do? The raid is gone. I back out of the latrine and into the bright sunlight. And then, then I hear the rumbling. Next thing I know, there are thousands upon thousands of cockroaches crawling out of the latrine. The entire structure is shaking, and the tin roof is pinging with the sounds of their little bodies hitting it. They pour into the yard like a black blanket covering the grass. Holy shit, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. I look around for someone to share this moment with me, but of course everyone is asleep. And then, suddenly, out of nowhere, dozens of chickens in the village start pecking their way toward the latrine and eating the cockroaches. I'm watching this unfold like a National Geographic special. I scream, no, no, chickens, don't eat the raid-filled cockroaches. All I can think is that the chickens will be poisoned, their eggs will be poisoned, and then the villagers will eat the eggs and they'll get sick and die, and I will have killed off the entire village of Otea in the South Pacific. What kind of Peace Corps volunteer am I? So in in the end, you you do not kill the whole island. <laughs> Everything turns out fine. But I I absolutely love that story. I'm glad, and I gave some good information about the culture there, which I forgot I even shared. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I mean, the, there there were lots of things going on in that story of one understanding uh, Sundays and. Uh, the sort of dynamic there and how that was the best day. And then just seeing uh, that, that instance, I could just picture it of these swarms of cockroaches coming out uh, and sort of, I guess your panic as you're running around trying <laughs> to be like chicken, chickens uh-huh. don't eat them. And then rather than, than playing another clip, cause I have, you know, I have several um, like for you to, to say in your own words now, uh, I guess what what eventually ends up happening? So you 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 go to site um, to to be an English teacher, and then you know this is when your your service takes a turn and ultimately um, ends way sooner than expected. So I'd like to hear rather than me playing a clip for for you to talk about that next stage. Sure, I finished training on that island and spent another week on another island doing like. I don't know if we called it student teaching. I can't remember what we called it. But, you know, you work for, you know, a week at the school. And then we all went back to the main island for our Peace Corps, um, the graduation ceremony. So all the volunteers meet back in Nuku'alofa for this, you know, ceremony. A lot of us are staying at the Peace Corps Lodge, and people are getting placed now. You know, people are finding out where they're going to be for the next, you know, where they're going. And I had always wanted to be there on the main island of Nukualofa, not in the outer islands where I had that cockroach experience. Anyway, um, and so um, mm-hmm. then the, I was supposed to move into this village. I can't remember the name right now. Gosh. Uh, anyway, I was supposed to move there and teach. And the night before I was supposed to move to my house, that house burnt down in the village, which was very strange. Just any kind of 
fire was strange. You know, you don't see that every day. And anyway, that house burnt down, so I didn't have anywhere to um, live. So they put me with another homestay family. And when I got with that other family, that's where one night I got very, very sick. And, you know, it was just a, you know, a, a feeling of knowing that there's something super wrong. I was delirious with a fever. It was like an out of body experience. And the mom, the homestay mom, you know, came into the room and she was putting cold rags on my head and she knew I was sick. You know, she was chanting over me saying, which means the white person's sick, the devil's in your stomach. You know, I mean, it was surreal. <laughs> anyway, uh, I went to the hospital there in Tonga, which they don't have electricity at the time. They didn't have running water at the time. So uh, it didn't, they weren't able to help me. Then ultimately they flew me to Hawaii. Uh, and it was like January 5th, 2000, excuse me, January 5th, 1997. Oh my gosh. So long ago, 20 years. Uh, anyway. And, um, me to Hawaii, which was the closest state. And there they did a series of tests like blood tests and a CAT scan and determined that I had a, a large mass tumor in my in my kidney. And ultimately I had to have a, a radical right nephrectomy, which is, you know, having your kidney taken out. And that was done in Washington, DC. And, um, then I had to go to Pittsburgh where I'm from and I had to do five months of chemotherapy. And then ultimately I couldn't, I couldn't go back to the Peace Corps, which I never expected. I, I always thought I would go back and be able to finish my service. And I was not permitted to do that because they don't have the medical facilities that you need, you know, like cat scans and things like that. So obviously it makes sense. I just, it was so um, out of the blue and extraordinary what was going on. And I, anyway, so, um, yeah, so, so over the years I've had a lot of cat scans and I've been checked and checked and checked and I'm fine. So I'm a survivor. Sure. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you've, you are a survivor and that you're able to, you know, you're in good health and here and able to talk to me today. What sort of, I guess, went through your mind in that transition of, okay, you thought you were going to be a volunteer for 27 months and a few weeks into your service, you have cancer at, at you know, age, what, 30, 31? 30, yeah. And, and then now, and then now you, yeah, then now you're back in the United States. So what was going through your mind? You know, I don't, I thought I was, I thought, you know, I could die. It was really scary. It was, you know, I really had committed to doing, to going to the Peace Corps. I mean, I wanted to be there, but I always go back. It's kind of like one disappointment after another. You know, first I had to leave the country. Then I got diagnosed with cancer. I said, you can't go back to talk about, you know, what are you talking about? And so, and then crazy me, I asked, I actually went back to the airline I worked for and I asked for my job back there and they said no. <laughs> and so the only thing left to do was to move to Los Angeles and be a comedian. You know, that's, that's really the only thing there are, Tyler. Uh, I'm kidding. Um, anyway, so, um, yeah, I mean, it was just, a, it was a really sad time. Yeah. I always made a vow 
now that I would go back and like I mentioned earlier, I did go back the following year and I went to all three island groups and I saw friends in each island group and stayed with them and hung out. And I took guitar strings and candy and um, sunglasses and fishing lures and balloons and more candy. And, you know, it was great to see those other volunteers, man. It was great. And everybody, honestly, it makes me want to cry. Those volunteers made me feel so welcome. You know, they were just so supportive. And people really were empathetic. It was just a beautiful experience. And I'm friends with a lot of those guys on Facebook. So it's, you know. No, definitely. I mean, going, going through, you know, PST and training, there's nothing like that to create lifelong friendships. And I know we, we had several people that had to to leave early and we were still in contact with them. They're still close friends just because you, you went through that initial process. And even if they have to leave early, it doesn't discredit their time there and, and being a volunteer. Well, I thank you for for coming on the show and 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 talking with me and it's been a a great experience for for me actually in speaking with you because as I said I had some concerns when I initially listened to your story and then hearing you talk about it now and going more in depth and having these other pieces all all come into it it makes me feel it's one much better and also two a little ashamed of myself that you know I was so quick to just on this outside of of hearing this one little bit of your story to honestly be be judgmental listen I appreciate every single listener and I so I so appreciate that you even took the time to listen that thoroughly to have an opinion I think it's fabulous and this is what it's all about man swapping stories and sharing our ideas and and trying to you know come together in a way that that is open and nobody is nobody's coming at it from a malicious intent right everybody's just trying to understand one another and that's what we just did see that mm-hmm. peace no. brother no definitely peace all around and i i thank you for for coming on and be- before we close the show is there anything else that you would uh, like to share with uh, my audience on the My Peace Corps Story podcast? Well, you know, follow me on social media, of course. Also, go to Apple Podcasts, because that's really what it's all about. When people leave reviews and they leave, you know, five-star ratings, it really helps. That always helps. Thanks, guys. No, yeah, definitely. Uh, check out her show, um, I'll have links to the three episodes uh, where she talks about Peace Corps, and on the show notes, you can have. I'll have links to Instagram, Twitter, the website, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, you name it. It'll all be linked in there. So everybody, uh, <laughs> check out uh, Christina Blackburn, Storyworthy, and you know, have have your own opinions about, about what you you think about her work. Uh, but it's definitely uh, very entertaining. <laughs> Listen, good luck to any trainees out there. I wish them all the best, and they've made a great decision. Just getting to the Peace Corps is really important, and you've made the hardest step is already behind you. So enjoy yourself. Well, thank you, Christine. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, speaking with you today, and I look forward to uh, connecting with you in the future. And, you know, as we uh, 
explore podcasting together. I'm a, I'm a fledgling in this world, but it's uh, been great speaking with you today. Thanks so much, Tyler. Bye. Well, guys, what did you think? As I said, I really struggled with this interview. And actually, I debated if I'd even release it. But in the end, this is Christine's story. And, you know, while I have difficulties with it and how it was presented, you know, it's not for me to say that her story is any less valid. You know, this is this is her story and how she wants to share it. And, you know, more power to her. Let me know what you guys thought of this episode. If you think I'm completely off base in, in, in what, what I think about this episode or Christine's story, and just, you know, open up a dialogue with me. I'm pretty easy to find. You know, you can find me via the Instagram, the Facebook, or the website at mypeacecorestory.com. Thank you guys for joining me today. And until next time, peace.